In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The congregation may be seated. And I now ask who gives this woman to be married to this man? Dearly beloved, we are gathered here in the sight of God and before his church to witness the union of this man and this woman in holy matrimony. This is an honorable estate instituted and blessed by God already in paradise before humanity's fall into sin. In marriage, we also see a picture of the communion between Christ and his bride, the church. Our Lord blessed and honored marriage with his presence and his first miracle at Cana in Galilee. This estate is also commended to us by the Apostle Paul as good and honorable. And therefore, marriage is not to be entered into inadvisedly or lightly, but reverently, deliberately, and in accordance with the purposes for which it was instituted by God. The union of husband and wife, in heart, body, mind, and spirit, is intended by God for their mutual companionship, for the help and the support that each person ought to receive from the other, both in times of prosperity, but also in times of adversity. Marriage was also ordained so that man and woman may find delight in one another. For God has not called us to impurity, but in holiness. God also established marriage when it is his will for the procreation of children, who are to be brought up in the fear and instruction of the Lord, so that they may offer him their praise. For these reasons, we learn from the scripture, God has established this holy estate that Drew and Jennifer wish to enter. And they desire your prayers as they begin their marriage in the Lord's name and with his blessing. And we also, in this ceremony, begin this marriage with God's word. We'll now read our scripture. The first reading for today is from Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Here ends the first reading. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians, the thirteenth chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, 
and love. But the greatest of these is love. Here ends the second reading for today. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn around and look out there. My goodness. I didn't say wave, but that's okay too. No, keep looking. Yesterday evening was a great evening as we celebrated uh, during and after rehearsal. And today, Drew and Jennifer is a great day. The people who are looking at you and who are overwhelming you now have come uh, mainly because they love you and they are so happy for you this day. I think they've also come expecting quite a party and reception after this is over. And I believe that uh, with the trend of the Urntafest, they're going to have more people at your party than maybe the Urntafest this year. Please face me again. This is a, a great day, and this is already a great wedding, and it's going to be a great service, and it's going to be a great celebration tonight. But I want to take you back to an even greater wedding, and while this may sound presumptuous, I know that this was the greatest wedding of all. But we have to go way, way back, all the way to Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now this is a great wedding. But Adam and Eve had some advantages over this groom and this bride. For one thing, the guest list was very small. Besides the two of them, there were only three persons there. And those three persons actually were one being. It was only the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Father had just created them. And the Son was there to stand beside them. And the Spirit, as He is so quiet and invisible, we can picture hovering above. Well, that same Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is here present in this sanctuary, to be sure, right? The same one who was at the first wedding. Another advantage they had is, um, how shall we say it, they had an easier budget when it came to clothing. You've clothed your wedding party, and both of you look absolutely lovely. And, of course, Adam and Eve, they're in paradise. Well, we don't even want to think about that. But they were holy and without sin. In terms of the meal that would be served, not a whole lot of uh, preparations were needed because God had blessed the entire plant kingdom and had given that for food. 
And while we can't even imagine what the earth was like in the state of perfection and paradise, uh, Luther is very good in, in speculating in his commentaries on this chapter of Genesis how lush and wonderful and productive and perfect everything was. And so, why do I say that wedding was the greatest of all time? Well, if a reporter had been there using simple tactics that reporters use to write great stories, who, where, when, what, and how, we see why that was such a great wedding. The who of it is, of course, Adam and Eve and God. And their God was their creator, but a creator who was their father. In fact, in the genealogies in Luke, from Jesus on back, Adam's father is God. And God considered them his children, even though he created them as adults. And so, as their loving father and creator, who would sustain them and give them every good gift. This was a great gift for their life on earth. And we know that because of that first sentence. The Lord says it is not good that the man should be alone. And in fact, the narrative shows us that at the end of that sixth day, when God created Adam, he was finished with creating, creating as in creating everything out of nothing, and he pronounced everything very good, and then he rested. So Eve was kind of there, she was within Adam, but she wasn't really fully there for Adam to know and to enjoy. And how much time went by, the scriptures don't tell us, but Adam is able to um, enter into his vocation to take care of the garden. I think we call that agriculture. Hmm? And also, he was charged to do I guess today what we would call a taxonomy of at least the animal kingdom that lived on land. And just like he would later do in bringing these species to Noah for safekeeping in the ark, he brings them to Adam to see what Adam would name them after he has studied them. And he's been given dominion over them. And, and this all took a little time. But it was in the process of seeing God's other creatures that Adam, and he's your Adam right now, recognized that there was no one like him. He couldn't share his life in the same way that he observed happening among God's creatures in the animal kingdom. And, and his longing was a much deeper one because he knew he was made in the image of God and that God had given him dominion over this. He had the perfect mind and, and emotions and, and spirit and, and he was perfect and immortal and imperishable in his physical strength as well. But something was missing. He was alone. It was almost if God were, were, were not teasing him, but causing him to wait for a better purpose. And so every bride is for every man, even today in a fallen world, uh, the crown of the creation. The greatest earthly gift is that wife that God brings to you. And in fact, God does it the same way you just did it. He brings the wife to the man. And that's why we have your father bring you to this man God has chosen for you. The who of your wedding is always going to be the two of you. You were chosen for each other. Only God knew that the two of you, all these years, would end up meeting and coming together here. And 
God is the most important of the three that are in this marriage today. He always will be. The where is also important um, because you're married on holy ground. Now we know after the fall into sin that the ground was cursed and they were exiled from the garden which was also cursed. But uh, today our holy ground is where we build a sanctuary and through prayer and the word of God consecrate it to be a place where God comes. Where his word is preached and taught and his sacraments are administered, there he promises to be in those means of grace. And that's why you stand here, the faith he has given you. You didn't even think about getting married anywhere else, did you? And it's okay to get married somewhere else and you can have a Christian marriage, but you're standing in a place where so many of the people of this church community and their history have married. So it is important, more important that every week you be here and continue to nourish your faith and live your life here in the community of the church. When? Now that's what both of you were kind of wondering through these years. Maybe not in high school, and maybe not in college years, but wondering, uh, is God have somebody picked out for me and he called upon both of you to be patient and you were and you were also picky and that was good too and then all of a sudden one day uh, the wheels go into motion and it just happens kind of strange for me because it was a little over you know a year ago that I was performing a wedding here and that's where the wheels began to turn God works in mysterious ways, and they're always so delightful, whoever's involved in them. But God is the one who chose the timing, and in everything that happens in your marriage, please remember that. He has control of the timing. Sometimes he calls upon us for great patience, but he will always keep his promises. So who, when, where, what? Well, God also shows us here that your marriage it is for your mutual companionship and joy and love and for the procreation of children. And I'd love to see Pastor Jake baptize about five or six of them in the coming years. But whatever you can do is, is fine. We need more Christians in the world. That's how you make disciples. But also your marriage is bigger than just the two of you. In fact, your marriage is global. Because marriage is the institution God created to be the basic unit of society. And in the last 20, 30 years, in our culture, which is still a good culture, we have freedom to worship, we can come and do this, but uh, in our culture we've replaced the family as the basic unit of society. I don't know if we'll ever get it back. Now the individual is that. And that defines everything, including marriage and relationships. And now we have soulmates and all these kinds of things. They're romantic, and, but they're not what God instituted. So every Christian home that's created, and he's doing that right here now, becomes a help to this community, to this church, to the state of Missouri, to the United States, to the world. It really does. Now, you'll just live ordinary lives and go about your business, but that's where God does his great work. And finally... Who, where, when, what, and why. Why is because God is just gracious. And he loves to do good things for his children. And when his children 
end up in bad things, whether it's a result of our own sin or the result of someone else's sins or just the result of the chances and changes in a fallen world. God loves to turn those bad things back into good things, and that's what he wants to do for you. I wish I could read this in Hebrew. I can read it in Hebrew, but I can't translate it very well anymore, and most wouldn't understand because the first words recorded in human history here in the Bible, uh, they're very beautiful. And, and bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, in English, it's not quite as beautiful as it is in Hebrew, but the first words in human history, Drew, were a husband who's just received the gift of his wife. And they're poetry. Even in the text, you can see they're set aside. Um, man suddenly speaks poetry, the first words. And why? It is in praise of God, but is in praise of God for something that's concrete and objective and tangible and standing by his side. May God always put into your hearts that kind of love, and may that love, which comes only from Christ, be a love of forgiveness that you share with each other. That's the key. And may that love also see you through days that may not be as bright as today are. Amen. The congregation is invited to join in the, in the hymn. It's printed on an insert in your bulletin, Be Thou My Vision.
Drew, repeat after me. Drew, will you have this woman to be your wedded wife, to live together in the holy estate of matrimony as God created it? Will you nourish and cherish her as Christ loved his, as Christ loved his body, the church, giving himself up for her? We love, honor, and keep her in sickness and in health, and for forsaking all others, remain united to her alone. So long as you both shall live, then say, I will. I will. Jennifer, you have this man to be your wedded husband, to live together in the holy estate of matrimony as God created it. Will you submit to him as the church submits to Christ? Will you love, honor, and keep him in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, Remain united to him alone, so long as you both shall live. Then say, I will. I will. So, Drew, repeat after me. I, Drew. I, Drew. Take you, Jennifer. Take you, Jennifer. To be my wedded wife. To be my wedded wife. To have and to hold. To have and to hold. From this day forward. From this day forward. For better, for worse. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. For richer, for poorer. In sickness and in health. To love and to cherish. To love and to cherish. Till death parts us. Till death parts us. According to God's holy will. According to God's holy will. And I pledge to you my faithfulness. And I pledge to you my faithfulness. Jennifer, repeat after me. I, Jennifer. I, Jennifer. Take you, Drew. Take you, Drew. To be my wedded husband. To be my wedded husband. To have and to hold. To have and to hold. From this day forward. From this day forward. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death parts us, according to God's holy will, and I pledge to you my faithfulness. Let us pray. Almighty Father, you generously created all things to serve us for our good. Send your blessing upon this couple who shall wear these rings as a constant reminder of their marital fidelity. Grant that by your mercy they may live gladly and faithfully in this holy estate. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Andrew, take Jennifer's rings here. And so, Drew, repeat after me. Jennifer, receive this ring. Jennifer, receive this ring. As a pledge and token. As a pledge and token. Of wedded love and faithfulness. Of wedded love and faithfulness. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Father. And of the Son. And of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. And of the Holy Spirit. So, Jennifer, repeat after me. Drew, receive this ring. Drew, receive this ring. As a pledge and token. As a pledge and token. Of wedded love and faithfulness. Of wedded love and faithfulness. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Father. And of the Son. And of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. And of the Holy Spirit. As a representation of their union in Christ, the couple will assemble the unity cross that has been prepared. Thank you. 
by the Lord. Let us rejoice, let us be glad. This day was made by the Lord. Let us rejoice in salvation. I thank you, your love is eternal. You have given me life. You have given me life. I will proclaim the wonders you tell. This day was made by the Lord. Let us rejoice, let us be glad. This day was made by the Lord. Let us rejoice in salvation. You are my strength and my Savior. You have given me life. You have given me life. I will proclaim the wonders you tell. This day was made by the Lord. Let us rejoice, let us be glad. This day was made by the Lord. Let us rejoice in salvation. Now that Drew and Jennifer have committed themselves to each other in holy matrimony, have given themselves to each other by their solemn promises, and have declared the same before God and these witnesses, I pronounce them to be husband and wife in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What God has joined together, let no one put asunder. Amen. The Almighty and gracious God abundantly grant you his favor and sanctify and bless you with the blessing given to Adam and Eve in paradise that you may please him in both body and soul, and live together in holy love until your life's end. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, our Heavenly Father, grant that by your blessing, Drew and Jennifer, may live together according to your word and promise. Strengthen them in faithfulness and love toward each other. Sustain and defend them in every trial and temptation. Help them to live in faith towards you in the communion of your holy church and in loving service to each other, that they may ever enjoy your heavenly blessing. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, our dwelling place in all generations, look with favor upon the homes of our land. Embrace husbands and wives, parents and children in the arms of your love and grant that each, in reverence for Christ, fulfill the duties you have given. Bless our homes, that they may ever be a shelter for the defenseless, a refuge for the tempted, a resting place for the weary, and a foretaste of our eternal home with you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we pray together the prayer that our Lord gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. We join together to sing the doxology. It is hymn number 805 in your hymnal, 805.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. An announcement for the congregation. Uh, after the recessional, the ushers will come down and will dismiss each of you by rows. Family, please stay in your seats for pictures. So the ushers will come down and begin a few rows back with those of you who are guests. And you are invited to go straight over to the reception area, just up the road to the right for those of you who are out of town. You'll see the tents and you'll probably smell the food and the bride and groom and the wedding party will uh, be there shortly. We also want to join in the table prayer here. I assure you it will last the next 15 minutes or so till you get to the tables. So would you please join with me in uh, the common table prayer we pray together. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let thy gifts to us be blessed. Amen. Now, Drew, if you and Jennifer would face each other. And Drew, I invite you to kiss Jennifer for the first time as your wife here at the altar of the Lord. And always remember that one. That's what's called a holy kiss. And now if you'll face your family and friends, it is my uh, privilege, and in this case this evening, uh, a great joy for me to introduce to you what the Lord himself has made here in this room, in this hour, a new Christian family in our world, Mr. Drew and Mrs. Jennifer Meyer. <laughs> 